Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Stackability AI. I'm your host, Austin Cornelio, joined by my co-host, Mike Taylor. What's going on, Mike? How's it going today? Gemini. <laughs> Gemini. Gemini. <laughs> A big day, big announcement from Google, uh, their new platform, which is not quite available yet. I think it's going to be available next week in Bard. And... Um, Looks pretty exciting. It was kind of mind blowing a video to wake up to this morning. You know, we're used to th- yeah used to things moving fast, but wow, you know that was it was it's just like so exciting because every day is like something you know something's gonna happen, and then it's like we get, you get like a Monday, and nothing really gets announced, and all of a sudden we're like oh, I haven't heard anything from Chat GPT in a little while, you know, because you know you're hearing from them every day, but I mean we're getting trained into the speed of this thing and i think it's starting to feel like a little bit more normal that you wake up and uh the big bear uh came out with uh with gemini and uh you know it was pretty mind-blowing demo yeah i have to agree i I was a little bit um surprised for sure it took me by surprise i thought the um the video that everyone saw with the demo the multi-modality was just really well done and i think you know if you're a tech person, I think that you you probably have. It's safe to say you might have a questionable view on, on on Google. You know, there's there's developers who you know obviously are like Google, and then there's skeptics. But it was really good to see Google acting like a like a real product company. I think that it was a, a was polished a little bit. Um, I don't. I would like to know if all. I mean, I, I'm assuming that all that wasn't like real time happening. Um, it would be good to dive into that and see if it was, see if we can figure that out, because some of the things that were happening there were really amazing um, in terms of like maybe one good example is when he asked it to make the game and it made that like world like map hunting game, you know, like it's just really amazing. You know, what we're talking about here is is a legitimate demo of true multimodality that will for sure be wrapped up into some sort of developer experience where you can just go to town and build the shit out of this stuff. So I'm, uh, I'm super excited about it. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot where like these other players fit within this whole conversation around OpenAI and Microsoft and, you know, Facebook and Google is, is, is a force, right? They always have been, um, you know, they own Search, they have for a while. I'm sure that this is going to impact Search in some way, for sure. Is it going to be, is this the replacement of Search is, is a whole nother thing to think about. Um, but I was, I was pretty, pretty thrilled to see it. And it sucks for OpenAI because I think with the whole debacle that they had a few weeks ago, this was absolutely brilliant timing. And I personally have been wondering, like, what's Google been, Google been doing? What's what's everybody else been doing? And like, here's your answer. So, yeah. And uh, for those of you who don't know what multimodality means, <laughs> I think it's a uh, you know it was the if you watch the video and we suggest it, and I would we maybe can even put a link um, to it below here. But um, the in the in the video, it looks like a you know a a shot from above and the AI is reading hand signals. It knows what he's drawing. It's like, it's making these connections that were really, really wild to, to see. Cause it's like, we watch 
so much of this AI stuff and it's you see it on Instagram and there's an AI model and this kind of model and that kind of model. But this was like real interaction. It was, he starts drawing something and then it says it looks like a bird, but it was really just, you know, lines, round lines. Yeah. And then then he adds the water and then it's like, oh, it's a duck, you know, and then it, like you said, it created a game. But then the game was ask questions about a country and then you point to the country. It wasn't like you typed in the country. You just literally it followed your hand on a map and you you pushed it and it was, you know, yeah, that's right, Australia, you know, and that part, that interactive combination of, you know, conversational um requests and then like to have it like be able to read your hand signals, like when he made the shape of a dog with his hand and and it knew that. And, you know, I think, you know, from a certainly from a novelty perspective, it was a real wow. I felt like and it was stylized like an Apple type of video. It didn't feel like a Google video even at all. It's like I wonder <laughs> what the uh, the company that made the video was is like because it was super stylized, which is not something I think of with when I think of Google in terms of their ads and whatnot. Yeah, well, that's what I meant by they they put on their product hat, right? And they they were acting like a product company because it felt like a like a real product launch. So fantastic, go Google. Yeah, well, I mean, it was interesting because it's like every week, you know, we would it was Chat GPT, I mean, OpenAI that was dominating. They were like so seemed so far ahead of everybody else, and then Microsoft kind of did this rope a dope and like all of a sudden last week they look like they were on top of the world like they're the ones who are going to rule ai they have now have a board seat on open ai they've established that they're doing their own stuff on it and then it's like a couple of days of nothing and then all of a sudden google comes out and it's like boom now google's in charge you know it's really it's kind of funny how it's like Again, Meta is still in the in the background lurking. You know, they'll come up in hopefully a couple of weeks or, you know, by the next podcast with something awesome. But um, the Gemini stuff, you know, our friend over at um, Maple, <clears throat> he was talking about um, the, the fact that, you know, he just built something on chat GPT-4 and whether or not he was going to try and move it over to Gemini. You know, so... yeah. So what what does that mean? What do you think that looks like as a, from a software engineering perspective? Yeah, that's that's one of the challenges around building anything with these APIs right now is you're you're really kind of playing with fire and you're you're taking a lot of chances because you never know what's going to happen with that underlying API. You know, is it might be really great now. It might be cutting edge. It might be the best. But literally, as we're seeing now, you could go a week or two later and you could have a player that is going to completely disrupt it, you know, and and 10x some of the outputs. Right. So at that point, to, to answer your question, what do you do? You're kind of just, you, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Right. Because unless you're taking this into consideration when you're building, architecting your product, whatever you're building and you can easily swap out. The underlying APIs that give you this AI power, then that's an option. But you know, if you're building anything worth its 
weight in gold, like that's probably not going to be the case because there's going to be more complexity. So um, I would say anybody that's building within this space right now really needs to, to think carefully and look at everything. Look at the founders, try and figure out the roadmap, like, you know, because you're going to want to be in bed with the right the right person here and um you know either that or train your own model uh you know that's the beautiful thing about open source is if you are lucky enough to have the data you should be doing this all by yourself you know you should be training your models you should be owning as much of this proprietary stack as possible and i think that that's probably what's going to pan out here is a lot of people are going to likely end up in that spot um, I was talking to the CEO of Blaze AI the other day, and him and I were having a conversation about this, and his product uses OpenAI APIs, and he was saying this exact thing. He's like, yeah, in the future, we're, we're probably definitely going to be, you know, rolling our own solution here and, you know, unlinking ourselves from from these dependencies of, of vendors, so... It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think I think you know. Obviously, you're speaking to the space you understand so well, um, as much as anybody could, right at this point, because it's changing so fast. And the thing is, is how do you write for that? You know, at least now, when you go and you know you have an idea that you want to execute on you know so you decide okay foodgasm we're gonna go and we're gonna make something and i'm gonna make it like this and we're gonna you know create it you know you spend you know a month you know, you pretty much have a, a, a almost completed project and now boom new technology you're like oh man now i gotta go and learn the new technology and i gotta imply that new technology to what i already did and, and but you could do that now by yourself in the privacy of your own home uh, whereas before, if you wanted to build that out, you would have had to have a team, you know, maybe five people to go and just build the initial thing. And now all of a sudden you find out there's a new technology and now you have to plan for that as well. So, I mean, at least now you're only wasting your own time <laughs> and learning as you go, you know, because you can next month, you it'll be something new. You know, it's changing so fast. How can how could you possibly predict what's happening so I think yeah. I think that um, that programmer guy that you sent me was uh, talking about how to make these bots talk to each other and creating a siloed effect um, within the the models. Um, what how would how would something like that apply? Is that a, a method that makes sense? It is. So what you're referring to are agent swarms. So to simplify it, you're essentially having multiple GPTs talk to each other that all are very specifically tasked to do their own things. So if you think about a very basic company, so you have a CEO, say it's a software company, you have a CEO, you have a developer, and you have a product person. In this case, you would have three different GPTs that are all trained to do their respective roles. And what's cool about the, um, the video that you're referencing that I sent you this person was experimenting with implementing their own agency with GPTs and automating them and giving them problems to solve and letting them go out and do it on their own. So this was um, something that was people were trying, but they were hacking it together 
via a bunch of open source code. There was this project called AutoGPT that was doing that, and it was super unreliable, but it was working, and it was you know kind of a cool thing. But now, OpenAI has gone ahead and essentially empowered people to do this a little bit easier. So, very interesting. Um, I like. It's hard to say, like, will this, could this replace companies? I mean, yeah, like, if you can do it now to a basic extent, like, it's only going to very quickly be able to become more and more capable. So quite, quite wild. Yeah, it's, this is, this is, yeah, we're, we're on the bleeding edge right now of what's happening in AI and it's fun to be there and it's you know it's challenging to keep up but i think that um you know from a real just what does this mean to the lay person like everybody who doesn't know about technology what is what is gemini going to do for them and what are these uh changes that we've seen this week happen and how how's that, what's 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 going to happen for them with this yeah, it's a fantastic question. I think that takes us in. It's a it's a really good segue into the main topic of what we wanted to talk about today. And before I get into it, I just like to say to our listeners, you know, thanks for for tuning in, and don't forget to subscribe and and like the content. It really helps us grow the channel. So that being said, what does this mean? So I can answer the question, and then I'd like to go into like some more general. 2024 AI predictions. You know, we're wrapping up the year here. Um, soon we're going to be embarking on a, a whole brand new slate and it's going to be interesting. So to answer your question, what does this mean for the general, you know, population? I would say that it's it's in the Google context, you know, a lot of people use Google. Google isn't only a company for engineers. Sure, they have engineering offerings. You know, they have Google Cloud. They have a, a whole bunch of developer-centric stuff, but they're also an everyday person's company where, you know, they have email offerings, obviously, search. I think that just like anybody, just like, also, just like people, Microsoft. People say they Google things. They don't even look things yeah. up. You know, it's like, it's so, you. it's like Jello. you know, how it took over the gelatin business. It's, you know, it, if you're going to look something up, you're going to Google it, right? You Google Maps, you Google anything. And I'm an Apple person. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a hardcore, you know, Apple, iPhone, MacBook, you know, all that stuff. But I don't use their software. You know, I don't use any of their office stuff. I don't, you know, I but I Google everything. You know, I don't Safari anything. I don't, you know, it's like, and then if it's something a little shady, I duck, duck, go it. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm definitely, you know, it's, I think every human right now knows uses Google unless you're in a place where, you know, Facebook, you know, in like Indonesia, you can, people refer to the internet as Facebook because that's the only way they can access the internet is through Facebook. So, you know, it's, unless it's like that, but I mean, like to you, to your point, you know, Google is, uh, beyond a household name and for, you know, it to be so integrated into people's homes and they have these home mesh systems. I mean, think about the information and data that they have on, on the, everybody in the planet they're they're like the ceo's wife owns or 23 and me they they have your dna they have everything you know <laughs> yeah you know so it's like so they have all the data on everyone on the planet because you know they they have all your emails they have everything so it's a exactly so 
anyway, sorry. so you're kind you're you're kind of answering your own question. All of that is going to get fed into a model, <laughs> and the experience is going to be mind blowing. And there's not going to be any more search. the The new way of accessing information is going to be via a chatbot, and you're going to be able to get anything you want in any type type of permutation of data you know that you could imagine that's that's probably like the biggest thing i don't think it's going to go there immediately probably not you know i think that all of this ai will get worked into their other products um slowly ish uh you know it's been happening it's it's certainly not a new thing i'm sure people that use um gmail have seen the auto completion i mean that's been a thing for years so like this has been in the making in a while it's just gonna it's gonna be progressing at breakneck speed that's gonna be the biggest difference right now yeah I th- um, what about the um you know the current it'll be interesting to see what happens with the ad model you know because it's you know they control so much through you know web traffic and they make so much money in that space where you have to pay for keywords and you set budgets and you have to go through all that stuff. And then, um, it just, you know, it's interesting to see how that all changed too, because now, I mean, it would just be every question. Maybe you'd say, Hey, you know, uh, what's the weather? And they'd be like, the weather is brought to you by, you know, it's going to be every answer, every, every, question um is answered is sponsored you know probably it'll be something like yeah. that you know it'll be like uh, brought to you by quickbooks <laughs> the sky is blue right i would say like hyper hyper targeted advertising and like i would even go to to, to the stretch that it's ultimately probably going to be some sort of mind reading you know at, at the end of the chain i i think that th- this is just like I can't stress this enough. This is so like transformative and groundbreaking. It's not just another another thing. Like this affects everything, all of it. Yeah, and it's not going away. I mean, you have the largest companies on the planet racing to be number one. These are companies that have more power than government. So I can tell you right now, it's not. It's to the listeners here. It's this isn't just like another feature. Yeah, this is not uh, this is not a warning. <laughs> this is not a drill. <laughs> this is the real thing. And um, the, the I did hear some things on. The, we were listening to this. Uh, I guess it was our our, our friend at uh, Maple Coach again. But we on his uh, Twitter Live, I guess, or X Live. I don't know what it's called. But uh, there were a couple of people who were on that were you know very optimistic about these things you know and uh i liked i liked hearing that you know that it's like the 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 idea that maybe we if we take out the human element of some of these things we're going to get better results um from using ai because it's good it's going to be it's going to be impartial it's not going to have all of our biases and and i mean it might have it in there but hopefully there's a way to filter out the you know the gnarliness. I mean, I, honestly, I, I hope it's more like data, where it's just really just fact driven, you know. <laughs> and you know, I'd rather deal with that the side effects of actually having to deal with factual information than than the other ways it could go. But uh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm glad we're doing this, so we get to keep watching, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. From the for sure. from the front row. <laughs> so I think that's a beautiful segue into the last part of this podcast episode. I'd like to talk about a few of the predictions that I have for 2024. Let's do it on the and, record. On the record. <laughs> yeah, on the record. I love making predictions and seeing like next week literally how wrong they are. <laughs> so <laughs> to to the tune of machines doing things better than humans. I I personally think the medical field is arguably maybe one of the largest industries that are just completely ripe for AI destruction or destruction um not destruction uh Freudian slip there I, <laughs> just complete transformation and if you think about it just the just the task of saying hey like I don't feel that good something's wrong I don't have to go to the doctor for that I don't want to go to the doctor for that I can just ask a chatbot that like there's there's many 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 things that right now with the wealth of data that these models are trained on that you can do that with chat gpt you don't even need a custom product like you can you can get pretty far just by asking chat gpt some things and it'll tell you or bard or whomever any of these language models can handle it austin they're gonna However, have they're gonna have the i mean you're gonna be wearing you know whatever your apple watch is or your fitbit you know, it's going to, it could do the predictive. It's going to know. It's data. Yeah, it's data. Course. So it's all numbers yeah, and yeah. math and it's going to be on your wrist and it's going to be directly, you know, hopefully, and this is the, you know, the, the dreamer in me is that, you know, we'll have some autonomy in that information. You know, I, it's like I, if you can collect that data and hold that data and not have to go to doctors, you know, then all of a sudden... You know, maybe somebody's got to pay you for the data. You know, I mean, yeah. like, because right now, you know, we're getting these, you know, services, you know, for for, for our data. But, you know, it may be, I don't know, there's going to have to be some, I mean, everybody's selling, selling all the information. So I'm not sure how that would work. But maybe there would be, you know, some way that you create your own AI, you know, bot to monitor these things. And you, you know, the, you, you know, you have a maybe an autonomous type of a wristband or something where, you know, you, yeah, they you, just, you can, you know, get the benefits of knowing what your data is without sharing it with the, the rest of the world. And I think, you know, it's once you start getting into medical stuff, I think you're hundred percent right. It's a $4 trillion business in the United States. And, you know, they, they're fully integrated into, you know, keeping everybody sick enough to stay alive, but like, you know, get the, get the meds, get on the meds, you know, there's, um, but, uh, I think I, that's, I would love, I would love for that whole thing yeah. to just collapse. And, yeah. Um, and if you, if you just think about the, the money that could be spent on medical malpractice suits, I mean, I think that the industry would do it just to, just to get a one up on that. And I mean, imagine how much money you could save if you didn't have to pay out more and more money each year because of medical malpractice because you're essentially saying that that's that's going to decrease exponentially because you're going to have hyper efficient machines doing the work of of overworked humans or 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 whatever right i mean i can think of so many cases of people that i've known over the last few years including myself that have just had horrible experiences with even like the most basic medical procedures 
completely like insane stories and like this should not be happening so no it's like yeah fifty thousand people a year die in hospitals that uh didn't go in for anything that right. was supposed to be fatal um but i i honestly think that you know not i i mean i want to say it'd be like 10 years from now or something but there's going to be a time in the not too distant future where being uh it would you could almost be um, it would be unethical to have a, a human do a surgery when yeah. and a robot could do it better or, uh, you know, like get a human diagnosis for a problem when I could literally enter, you know, a drop of blood into a into a thing. And it would give me every piece of information about me that you'd ever want to know day to day. You know, I could have a patch on my arm like my brother has one, you know, for his diabetes and you could you literally have a patch on your arm that just reads every vital sign you could possibly have um and know need to know about it'd be like today you should eat more broccoli <laughs> yeah yeah sure um, i mean that's that's where we'll, that's where it will go so i i would expect to see some some advances and to close out the the bullet point about medical is i think it's only going to take one company to do it and be successful just just like just like you're seeing the arms race in tech like you're going to see the same behavior happening because you can't possibly not do it if your competitors don't. So it only takes one of these companies to do it, start implementing it, start having moderate success, and then you're going to see some really wild shit happening. So um, next I would go on to finance. So I've done a lot of work personally in fintech, and one trend that I've seen is that no matter how big the organization, like, if if you're especially like if you're dealing with financial data numbers and such having the consistent data is super hard and inconsistent so i'm already seeing um you know inside the likes of like goldman sachs and such they're starting to train their own proprietary models on all of their data so why is that important it's important now because it flips the whole lid on how you interact with your data and how you access it so before you'd have to do all this development and all this joining of data across all these different disparate systems to get your data into a product that you might be building that pulls from different sources. Now you're just going to query the LLM, right? That's going to have everything and like that's going to be your UI. So I can tell you for sure that's probably going to start to take shape pretty pretty quickly and that will allow any bank or finance company to be really, really innovative with their pricing structures and, you know, how they how they build value for their business. It's it's going to be huge. Yeah, so I, I, I can tell you that's going to for sure happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I have uh, spent a lot of time in fintech myself. And, you know, we I, I was just thinking about, you know, we this one demo that one of our data scientists did. Um, it was you know, it was about transactional data and how much information you could get just from somebody's you know bank swipes you know and it was like it took I don't even know how many hours and how many hours of processing and how many hours of sorting and just to get to like a, this one story about this one veteran who you know we <clears throat> we followed through his day. You know, and it was like every Tuesday he went for the medical and then, you know, he did this and then he did that. We knew he was a veteran because, you know, the first co-payment was to the, you know, the VA hospital. And it was like all of these things that we were able to piece together 
uh, about, you know, eight years ago, you know, that we're like hours and hours of work, you know, could unimaginable, like brilliant, brilliant human being, you know, doing the anal- analysis and figuring the whole thing out. Now it's like, boom, you know, here you go. Just type it in here, upload your spreadsheet of all your transactions and, and all of your personal finance information will come you know, to you and I'll tell you where you're overspending, what you're overdoing, what, you know, what you shouldn't be wasting money on, what you should be wasting money on, your reoccurring costs, like all that stuff could be done with a, you know, an upload of a, of a, a PDF, you know, it's, it's wild to see that, you know, it took such an expert, you know, somebody who was, you know, highly paid expert to do one thing. And it took so long, and now it's just, boom, you know, what's this? You know, tell me what I should be looking out for. And it's yeah. translated. It feels you know. antiquated, it, like big time. And that was only eight years ago, you said? Yeah. Like, it feels like that was like the 50s. But that's but that's a, an interesting thing to think about is that's how transform, that, that that's a perfect example of the nature of transformation that we're talking about here. So completely just earth-shattering. So... The next part here, you've probably heard the term AGI, and it kind of brings together a bunch of stuff that we've been talking about. So AGI is essentially all of the different kinds of AI put together in a general artificial intelligence that can can basically reason and act and self-improve like a human. So you're taking all the multi-modalities, you're taking vision, you're taking natural language processing parsing of text, being able to recognize written words, shapes, drawings, etc. You're putting all that together. We have most of that right now. One thing that we're missing is is math. So believe it or not, the LLMs that we have now today aren't really good at math. And math is the underlying fabric of everything, right? So as soon as you're able to start asking these AIs complex math and you're giving them the task of solving complex math. It's This is when it's like truly kind of game over um, in a lot of ways for, you know, life as we see it right now because now you're going to have the whole suite. You're going to have everything and you're going to have machines that can work on it, work on problems like 24-7 relentlessly so you're going to see new algorithms you're going to see new cures to novel viruses that don't even exist like you're going to just see so many new developments so yeah that's a agi agi is a big one and when you see companies like OpenAI pivot from being a safe AI company to now they're a safe AGI company, that is the end goal here. That's like be very clear. This is this is where everybody wants to go, and this is the end goal. And I would say that there's probably already very rudimentary versions of this that we just don't know about, but this has happened, and I would presume that we're going to see something to this tune from one of these companies by the end of the year, uh, 2024, for sure. Yeah, I think, um, you know, like you said, with, you know, there was all these rumors and we don't know what it is, uh, but there was, you know, talk that 
they had had a mathematical breakthrough at OpenAI that was the, the thing that concerned everybody. They get everybody scared yeah. because when it's you start, possible. when you get into that, um, you know, the, the reason why it matters is because you know everything is encrypted. Right. So there's a, but there are all these bits of encryption. So it's like if you have 128 bit encryption, that means that, you know, it could possibly take a regular computer, you know, maybe, I don't know, 10,000 hours or 10,000 years to get like to solve it. Right. Isn't there something about that encryption, Austin? Like what those different levels? And then, so, yeah. Yeah. That, that was the whole thing about QSTAR and, presumably that was what caused the whole shakeup in, in OpenAI and, and Sam's firing and, and everything. It's been debunked, but I don't know. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's an algorithm that would be able to essentially break cybersecurity and crack heavily encrypted algorithms, you know, that, that protects, you know, the internet, right? If I had to really simplify it. Well, and, you know, if that's going to happen, then I don't even have, like, obviously that's, that's going to be a problem. So this just kind of happened in historical terms as well. Um, you know, I'm into, you know, the ancient, uh, religions and all that information. So there are ancient Sumerian texts that were written. It was the first written language. It's about, you know, 6,000 years old. And it's not the first written language It's probably written before that, but they weren't writing it in clay and keeping it. So we have like all these tablets, these thousands of tablets that have been found all throughout Mesopotamia, uh, Iran and Iraq and, and, and that area. And now they just, um, with the help of AI, they were able to start translating these at a much faster rate. And they just found a, a tablet that had trigonometry, like trigonometry mm-hmm. formulas that are you know a thousand years older than who all the Greeks that we you know accumulate you know that we tell say that were um, the inventors of math and these things, but a thousand years before. And what's curious, even more curious about it, is that these formulas that they were using were different than our formulas, the formulas we know, and even in that type of information about the way they came about the same answer was different so it's a like a different form of trigonometry so it's even that methodology that you know is from uh you know six thousand years ago um which was probably understood who knows a thousand years before that but you know it was written in clay and um that alone can transform the way we we think about math so it's happening from all these different things where it's like there's these mysteries about our lives that we have not been able to fund or whatever to find out this ancient information. And now with the help of AI, we put in the code, we take a picture of the, of a slab that has a, you know, a a ton of information from so long ago. And it could be translated as if you were looking at a menu with Google translate right now. So that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the funding bit because that whole problem is going to go away. Like, it's not even going to be a problem anymore because all, over time, the compute is going to be there and you're going to be able to throw the processing power at this stuff and it's going to become vastly commoditized 
and you're just going to be able to throw problems at it and it's just going to work on it until it solves it. So it, it, again, it's, it's, it's completely, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a complete acceleration in so many ways. So, well, I mean, um, think about how many hours, right? Austin, like if you, you know, you have a development team working on a problem for, you know, a thousand hours, you know, and you have, you know, six devs, a couple of mid managers, you know, the amount of money that could be saved just there alone, you know, and I mean, but each one of those people who are in that position now have an opportunity to create their own thing, you know. Yeah, well, that's why people need to start listening to this podcast to get inspired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So on to the next topic. We have two more here before we wrap the episode. You already mentioned one of these, and that's the AI swarms. Super, super interesting. The more that I see people playing with these, and I, I see YouTube clips of of guys stitching together these demos of building, you know, LLM equivalents of companies. This is this is this is very interesting to me to see to see what's going to happen here. Um, I would expect to see this productized in some way, shape, or form by somebody because it's just it just goes along with everything else here, right? You know, if we have all of this AI technology that can do great things and is hyper-intelligent, like, why wouldn't you build companies around it and just have it run its companies itself? Like, that's going to happen. So um, I guess it leads me to the last thing. Like, we're talking about all of this stuff. There's definitely... A lot of positives, depending upon how you want to look at it. But what about regulation? <laughs> you know, there was a um, an executive order put into place a few months ago. I, I mean, I don't expect to see anything on, on AI regulation, personally. No, I mean, it was like the Obama <laughs> interview where he was basically like, plugging like hey you know if you got some time and you got some brains and you know anything about ai like come work for the government yeah. <laughs> it was just like, well, that's it was like they brought him out as like a pitch man you know it's like yeah, yeah you gotta pull the uh you know the guy off the bench you're like come on hey man we're we're a little behind in this stuff but then uh well, you know we, i hold on though like that right there i think is very important and i'll tell you what there's been a tremendous amount of tech layoffs this year and where are these people going to go, right? I would guess unless there's a huge opportunity for the government here to wake up and start hiring these people and bring them into the government from the private sector and give them jobs. That would be a huge, huge benefit for the government to do that and start working on real problems with like smart people. Uh, if they don't yeah. do that, like if they don't do that, uh, that's a huge missed opportunity. So, you know, we'll see. I think that's a, actually that's a really really good point, Austin. Because you know, bringing that talent back into the into the workforce in a stable environment, like get them while they're hot. You know, we got like all the best minds. You know, <laughs> yeah. So in terms of the you know back, you know, we we're talking about the government um, hiring these people, and I, I I agree with you. I think it's kind of like the h5 visas you know it's like let's get the brains into the government to start like regulating some of this stuff maybe or at least have some smart people around but you know that yeah, i mean yeah i mean do you think the dude that just got laid off from spotify or the dude that was laid off from salesforce and 
all the other tech companies that decided to overhire in the last two years are going to want to go back to working for these companies? No. If if the government comes and says, hey, I'll give you a pension, I will give you your salary, and here's all of these trivial problems, I mean, I don't mean trivial, but problems that you definitely are capable of solving. I mean, I would probably, I would consider signing that, signing up for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and the problems are so trivial. You know, my brother, you know, worked in one of the departments in the government and uh, you, up until, you know, five years ago, they were still faxing things, you know, into office and, you know, they have microfiche and they have all these things that are so archaic you know, completely antiquated. Yeah, it's just you know you're not going to them for technology. I mean, you could go to some of the branches. You know, the the the, the government we see is different than the government that uh, you know created the internet and yeah, yeah and yeah. And, two, and, two and, and Bitcoin. You know, but yeah, that's that's we're a, not talking about those guys. Not, to be clear, we're not talking about those guys. The other government. The other government. The one. The forward-facing government. <laughs> Those guys, um, but um, so so. What do you think? Are you optimistic? How are you feeling about twenty twenty four? Let's uh, let's wrap this thing up on a on a note. Like, what's what, what's your what do you think is exciting? You know, let's not even worry about what's worrying. Let's just talk about like what are you excited about? Like, I mean, it's exciting for me. I think I'm excited for sure. I think that there is. Is the world a good place? Absolutely not. It's completely fucked up in a lot of ways. Is is 2024 going to be a good year on a, as a whole? Like, I don't know. Maybe not. But like, there's there's going to be. I'll tell you this. There's going to be some very good opportunities for anybody that is technical or curious or creative and hungry to do anything within this space. So. I think that that is awesome. You know, there's there's a lot of people losing their jobs right now. Um, maybe this is a new chapter for a lot of people. You know, maybe there's tons of different businesses. It, you know, if you have start having these conversations like we do a lot, like you just you become so inspired, and it becomes like a really creative process. So that's my uh, that's my positive note right there. Awesome, and I feel the same way. And uh, I want to throw on there that. Uh not just because they launched Gemini today, but there is an AI, a free Google AI training course um, yep. that is out there. So, you know, if, if you're not working and you're curious about the stuff, you can literally take a free course and learn probably more than we know um, about AI very quickly. You know, I think it's like a, yeah. a 10 hour course, you know, spend the time, you know, go learn, you know, and just like, apply it to your life just think about like i mean it's gonna be awesome and i think we're gonna have some trouble in terms of the 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 awesomeness that you could create within your own space you know and having people leave you know i'm in a an event business dealing with event type people um and you know getting people out of their house is is more difficult than it used to be you know, you spe- have everybody spent two years inside ordering things, figuring things out. People adapt quickly. You know, okay, yeah, sure. Now we just have to order stuff and I'm going to sit on my couch and eat dinner and I'm going to, you know, I'm not going out anymore. I'm not meeting my friends. And then all of a sudden it's like two years go by and you, you're out of the habit of those things. 
So yeah, you know, so, so learn so so learn VR, get really good at VR, yeah, and make a lot of money, and then go outside because there's not going to be anybody else out there, and you'll have the whole plan to yourself. <laughs> you have the whole you have the whole the whole park to yourself, you know, like Fort Greene Park empty, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as a New Yorker, I have to tell you, I'm more scared when there's no people around than when I when you know fill fill up a room, I'm fine, you know, give me an empty know, room, it's pretty amazing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's nice nice all right well all right everybody that wraps this episode i love this was a great episode so i hope you guys enjoyed it again don't forget to subscribe hit the like button and we will see you guys in the next episode until then peace out (laughs) 